if you can predict what's going on in the mind of your customer and then answer it for them without them even having to ask the question, they automatically presume that you have the answer and you have the solution for them. So if you can put the sort of three to five most common questions from your clients before they book in with you, put those on your website, guarantee that will help build that trust because they'll see that you know exactly what it is you're talking about. Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques, and systems that will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun. And more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links, and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Good to have you here. Welcome along to this episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. Now, I was back in the UK this weekend at an event, a newish event. It's been only been on once before. It was in 2019. Um, obviously, couldn't carry on because of everything that's happened, but it was called Salon Life. And I guess it was kind of a reboot of that. It was in Manchester and it was absolutely fantastic. It was a one day proper conference just for independent salon and beauty business owners. It was genuine networking. They do this thing where they kind of do like, like uh, industry speed dating where you're connected with a supplier, possibly one that you wanted to speak to, possibly one that you didn't, but... I love that idea because then you end up speaking to people that you maybe thought you knew about, but maybe didn't know about. And you genuinely get to kind of learn things about each other's business. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Fantastic people were there. Serious business owners all around. Honestly, if you are in the UK, if you want an event that will actually help you grow your business, true networking, then I highly, highly recommend you go and check out Salon Life. You can find out more about it at salon-life.com co.uk. Uh, we're going to try and get the organizers on to the show to tell you more about it because I think I think this is going to be a big success in the future. Now, the more shrewd amongst you of listening there will have heard that I said I went back to the UK because we've moved. I've moved to Spain. Me and the whole family have moved to Spain. I think I mentioned it on the last episode just briefly, but now we're kind of here. We're feeling a lot more permanent, a lot more suntanned, a lot happier. We're now in our permanent place. The kids are in school. But the reason I mention it again, it's not just a brag that I've moved to Spain and it's beautiful weather, although it is. Uh, But the reason I mention it again is because I kind of accidentally put out a post this week. The the long story behind this was I was trying to figure out how to get Facebooks to put my events at the right time because it seemed to be randomly deciding what time zone it would create them in. Um, So I changed my where do you live 
status on Facebook. And I didn't realize, but this actually then put out like a life event. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but it put out like a life event on my Facebook page uh, saying that I'd moved to Valencia, which is absolutely true. But then I got hundreds and hundreds of responses and likes and congratulations and gosh, I didn't know this was happening and all sorts from people um, who I know, some of them (laughs) very well, some of them who I'm fairly sure I've told I was moving to Spain and have moved to Spain many, many times. Um, But it just proves that people need to hear something multiple times over and over, somewhere between four and seven times before it really connects with them. This is something that we've mentioned on the show several times before. So when it comes to your business and telling your clients something, if you think you've told your clients something once they probably still haven't heard. And even if you put a social media post out about it, they probably haven't even seen it. So do not be afraid to share something multiple, many times over and over again to make sure that your clients both see it and hear it and actually take it in. So that was kind of a, a funny kind of reminder of this week um, that you know, repeating yourselves often will help your business. And speaking of repeating yourself, it has been a good couple of years since we have done an episode about websites on the podcast. And websites continue to be one of those one of those dividing things, or I'd say even increasingly become one of those dividing things, one of those questions about, you know, do I really need a website anymore? Because obviously as time moves on and the tools that we have at our disposal um, in the digital world from social media to profiles on all sorts of different platforms seem to sort of make having a website a little bit redundant. And the question of, do I still need a website, is probably asked more and more on a regular basis going forwards now than it almost ever has been before. Because let's face it, the capabilities, the tools that you have on the big platforms such as Facebook and Instagram seem to be increasing all the time. You can do more and more things on there. You can link to people's things. You can send people all sorts of places. There are now add-ons to those platforms that will mimic most of the functions that you will have from a website. And increasingly, people seem to view having a website as uh, something expensive. They're expensive to build. You have to maintain them. They're slightly more complicated than ever if you want to get them on the right platform. Then you've got things like SEO to have involved in them. You know, people are increasingly not sure what to have on their website or even what they're for and what it needs. Well, that's exactly what we want to clear up on today's show. Because instead, what we want, we want to, uh, in our businesses, make our lives easier. We want to spend less time on admin so that we can spend more time with our clients and earn more money so that we can then spend more time in our lives doing the things that we really want to do outside of our business. Nobody wants to spend more time on admin, okay? We don't want to have to rely on social media. Social media is a constantly shifting platform, constantly shifting ground, as we know, because you can pretty much log into your Instagram every other week now and something's moved, something's changed, something's been a added. The algorithm shifted, all sorts of things that we hear all the time. We want to automate more things about our business. We want to ultimately do less kind of on our business so that we can spend more time doing the things we enjoy doing in our business. And yes, I know there's this huge push to, you know, work more on your business and spend time less in your business. But I actually think if we set up a business 
doing something that we love doing. I think we actually want to spend time doing that thing, but less time on the running of the business. Certainly for myself, for example, I love coaching. Um, it's the kind of selling and the marketing and the social media and the accounts and the reports and all that sort of stuff that I actually don't enjoy as much. So I actually do enjoy the work that I set out to do, but it's all the stuff around it that gets, you know, kind of gets me down a little bit. So the more of that stuff that we can automate and systemize, the better. And obviously, one thing we all want to do as beauty business owners is sell more retail. Because as we've said many times over and over again, there is a certain limit to the amount of time you can spend doing your treatments and your services. But to a degree, selling your retail products is unlimited. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the mistakes that people make all the time when it comes to to their digital presence, let's say. First of all, building your digital presence on social media is building your shop, if you like, on shaky ground, okay? Yes, it seems like your profile is yours, but it's not because you don't own it. It's on someone else's platform. I imagine they wouldn't, but they could take Facebook down tomorrow. They could take Instagram down tomorrow and you would have no control over that. And all of that important connection and followers and likes and comments could disappear overnight. It probably won't, but They have proven time and time again that they will change the playing field in terms of how much reach you can get, how much response you can get. That's constantly shifting all the time. Now, another mistake that people make is thinking that a website is just another thing that I have to kind of post to and maintain and create content for. Now, that's absolutely not true. In fact, a website is the one thing that you actually, once you've done it right, you don't need to create any new content for because that is what the social platforms are for. That's where you create your content. But as I'll explain in a moment, your website actually is the kind of static thing, the thing that once you build and create properly, probably only needs a few hours of attention, maybe even yearly. So it's not a huge drain on your time, but the key is getting it right in the first place. And then another mistake that people make is thinking that their website needs to be big and bold and flashy and have loads of video in there and all sorts of bells and whistles. Now, that may have been true a few years ago um, when, you know, your website was really your only digital presence because we've now got social media that's this kind of hungry content monster. Um, Actually, our website needs to be simple. It needs to deliver just what our clients and potential clients want to find on there. And that's exactly what we're going to go through today. We're going to give you a complete kind of rundown, a checklist of how to think about your website, what you really need on your website, what you don't need on your website, and how to actually, what we're going to call weaponize your website. So it is working for you 24 hours a day, actually bringing you clients, actually getting you new leads and selling your stuff and making you more money all the time. So the big idea that I want you to get is building your own website is like building on land that you own, whereas building your presence on social media is very much building your property on someone else's land, not even land that you rent, really, because you don't. Um, So it's very much kind of rocking up and building your presence on someone else's land and hoping that they don't complain too much about it. Whereas building your website is building your digital presence on your own land. You own it, it is yours. As long as you pay for the hosting fee, then it is yours and you control what happens it. Like I said, you build it once. 
Yes, you may want to refresh it every couple of years. You may just want to make sure all the content on there is correct, but we're not talking about loads of content. I don't think you need to create blogs and things like that anymore if you don't want to. If you love writing, then go for it, but it's not an essential. So really, it's kind of create it once, keep it simple, make sure it's effective, and then just maybe give it a refresh every couple of years. You don't need to reinvent it every single time. But the cool thing about your website is once it's built and you've done it properly, you can just send everyone there from all of your other different attention-grabbing, lead-generating sources. So if you use TikTok, you just simply send people back to your website from TikTok. If you use Instagram, send people back to your website. If you place ads in magazines, send people back to your website. It becomes very much the hub of your attention getting where do you send them next kind of process. So it is really a machine for capturing your client information, booking your treatments, selling your stuff, and making sure that it's constantly bringing you clients. And when it comes to Google, for example, Google, let's face it, is the source of a huge number of your clients, needs you to have a website because it needs somewhere to send the people who it has delivered your business to in the search results. And if it doesn't have a website to send them to, then it's going to rank you way down the listings and you won't get all those wonderful referral clients from things like beauty salon near me, skin clinic near me, all those kind of searches that happen. So Google My Business is something that is vital to your business to make sure that you've set it up correctly. But if you don't have a website, Google My Business is not going to do a great deal for you because it's one of the criteria. Google says it's one of the criteria that you need to have to be featured highly in Google My Business in those search rankings is a website that they can send you to because they don't like sending people to your kind of social pages. They will but they prefer to send it to a website that they know and can kind of crawl using their bots and find you and all that kind of thing. Now, Google My Business is its own kind of big topic. So we're going to be doing an episode on that in a couple of weeks time just to make sure that we've covered everything to do with Google My Business. But because you need the website first, we want to cover your website first. So let's get down to business. What should your website do exactly? Well, I think it should do the following. First of all, it should get you more bookings. Now, those bookings should be online bookings from your existing clients, but also new clients as well, i.e. lead generation. Okay, so it should find potential clients, convert them into some sort of nurture process. I was talking about this with a client earlier on today, nurture process being some way that you can kind of keep them informed, keep them warm between them finding you and deciding to book in as a client. So it should both generate online bookings. It should be a place for your existing clients to come and make bookings. And it should also be a place to generate your leads as well. Now, it should also help people find you. Now, when I say find you, there are two meanings behind this as well, because when people are kind of searching for a new salon, these are new clients we're talking about, new to you anyway, your website very much is a place that people can land on when they, for example, search things or they come across your Instagram account and they click on the link in your bio and they go back to your website. This is the thing that kind of takes them from you've captured their interest in some way, or they found out a tiny bit of information about you. This is how you then give them the additional information to gain their trust to the point where they then feel comfortable enough to book in with you. But the flip side of this is one of the reasons that we go to websites a lot is because even if someone's a client of yours already, we're all a little bit lazy these days. And sometimes 
we just want to remember what the address is so we can put it into our sat-nav. Or we want to be reminded of what the phone number is because we need to call you to either make a booking or let you know we're going to be late or something like that. So when I say find you, I mean your website also should be there for your existing clients with a very clearly labeled contact us page so people can get straight to your contact us information so they know where you are, how to get in contact with you, all of those good things as well. So it should get your bookings. It should help people find you. It should keep your clients informed. Now, here's another weird one again, because I've just said you don't need to keep updating your website and you don't because in a sort of weird flip around of how I've just explained everything. Whilst you send people to your website from your social media, you equally send people to your social media from your website. Because if you train people to go to your website as your central hub of information, but you can put things like plugins or templates on your website of, say, the last the last three Instagram posts that you've had or the last few Facebook posts that you've made or the last couple of TikToks that you've done or the last couple of reels that you've done for social media, they can appear on dynamic pages on your website. So you don't have to go in and do anything with these. You just basically put in a little bit of code on your website that says, you know, put the last three Instagram posts I've put on Instagram here. And that will actually keep your web, your web page looking fresh and new and keeping your clients informed. The other side of this is a key ingredient of your website should be to capture people's email addresses. Those people's email addresses who are not yet ready to become a client and make a booking, but are a little bit more interested in you and want to take that next step closer to you. So by capturing that email address on your website, then you can keep your clients informed by email, your clients and potential clients by email, um, so that you know that you're actually getting that message out to people. And I refer you back to repeating yourself as many times as you can, because that's the only way to ensure that your clients stay informed. And then finally, the final thing your website should be doing as often as possible for you is selling your stuff. Okay, selling your retail items, selling your gift cards or gift certificates, selling your treatments, selling your services, selling anything that you have to sell, make sure it's there on your website so that people can buy it. And there is no company that's more recognized when it comes to online sales than Shopify, who just happened to be the sponsor of today's episode. Well, check this out. While Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world, did you know that Shopify can do the same thing in your retail store? You can give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Ooh, there's another sale. Never get bored of that sound. Now, Shopify POS is your command center for your retail sales, both online and in-store. Seriously, from accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has got everything you need to sell both in-person and online. Now, you know me, I'm all about the numbers. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and your online sales into one source of truth so that you can track every sale across your entire business all from one place and know exactly what you've got in stock at any given time. You can connect with customers both in salon and online. Shopify will even help you drive traffic to your products with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns, everything from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can even get the hardware that fits in with your business. You can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's fancy POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution which takes every major payment method out there and looks damn good doing it. 
Now you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting from day one. And Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. So do retail right and do it with Shopify. And to make things even easier for you, we've got an amazing offer for listeners of this podcast. Yes, because you're here, you can sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com forward slash beauty business. All of that in lowercase. Could not be easier. All you need to do is go to shopify.com forward slash beauty business to take the retail side of your beauty business to the next level today. Now, one more time, just in case you were scrambling for somewhere to jot that down, shopify.com slash beauty business. Okay. So those are the things that your website should do, get more bookings, help people find you, keep clients informed and sell your stuff. So how do you actually do that? What do you actually need on your website? How many pages do you need on your website? How big does it need to be? Well, those are all the questions that we're going to answer right now for you. But the the kind of the model I want you to think of, and I've mentioned this a couple of times already, is that your website should be the hub of your online digital business front, if you like. Now, when I say the hub, I want you to picture a wheel, um, like a cart wheel or a bicycle wheel, probably a better example. So a bicycle wheel, you've got the hub in the middle that it spins on, and then you've got all the spokes going out to the outside frame. Now, your website is very much that hub. And if you think of all those spokes going out as the way that people can actually connect with your website. So kind of coming in, you've got maybe Instagram, Facebook, ads, Google, magazines, word of mouth, all the different ways people can find out about you. Now, very much all of those sources of traffic should point people back to your website so they can find out more about you. But equally, each one of those sources of traffic needs to point back out to another source of traffic. So for example, someone may hear about you through a friend, word of mouth. So if you have a very recognizable website, you can simply tell your friends to send their friends to your website address, whatever that might be, www.yoursalon.com. Okay, they can go there, but then maybe they like following businesses on Instagram. So very clearly on your website, in several prominent places, have a link back to your Instagram account, an easily clickable link, so people can go and follow you on Instagram and kind of see more of that day-to-day stuff that's going on. Because this also links back to the, if you think about the awareness funnel that we've talked about on the episode before, a very quick overview of this, you've got several stages of client awareness about your business. At the top, you've got unaware. Now, this is the vast majority of people. They are completely unaware that you exist, what you do, that you have a business, all of these things. We wish everyone would know about it. But the fact is the vast majority of people have absolutely no idea that you exist or what you do. And the sooner you get comfortable with that, the better. But then the next step in this process is they become aware. You have somehow made them aware that you at least exist. You have captured their attention. You have got their attention in some way. And these are those same sources, potentially social, potentially ads, potentially posting, potentially podcasts, potentially magazines, articles, interviews, speaking in public, a sandwich board, um, a poster in a shop, some way that you have put yourself out into the world to get the attention of people who don't know about you. So they have moved from the top level of unaware to being aware that you exist. Now, again, a large proportion of those people who become aware of you may not be interested in what you do. Okay, but some of them will be. So they'll see your thing, they'll come across you, they'll discover you in some way. And some of those people will go, oh, that's interesting. I'm interested in that business in some way. So they become interested. So they move from aware 
to interested. Now, it's at that interested point in this funnel that your website sits because as soon as someone's interested, you want to give them the information. You want to give them your story in a way that you control, in a way that you want it to be told. That's your website, okay? Because it's your website's job to convert people from interested to client. And your website really is the only thing that's going to do that successfully. Social media is for awareness. Your website is for converting people into clients. Does that make sense? So when you're thinking about this, think about who your website is for. I find this the most useful exercise when it comes to thinking about what you need on your website. Remember that your website is for two very clear types of people. First of all, it's for your clients, your existing clients who already come to you, who already buy from you, who already book with you, who already have services with you. First of all, it's for them. So put yourself in their shoes. What do they want from your website? And I find, again, the most useful thing to do here is to think of why you keep going to certain websites. Okay. So let's say it's the website for, I don't know, your local uh, Chinese takeaway. You know, I regularly go back to the, the website there because I'm not organized enough to write down their phone number and put it in my phone. So every time I decide I want uh, a Chinese takeaway, I quickly, you know, bring up the website on my phone, look for the phone number, possibly even, you know, see what the menu is to order on there, those kind of things. So that's the kind of thing that you want to make sure is easily available on your website for your existing clients. So that's going to be your contact information, your social media, clickable links, um, your... I don't know, special offers page, your price list, your treatment menu, how to buy a gift voucher, those kind of things. So make those really, really easy for people to do for your existing clients. Okay. But then also, the other side of people that you want to make your website for is for your prospective clients. Now they have an entirely different set of needs because they don't know you yet. They don't know you enough to make bookings. They may not know you enough to buy something from you or trust you enough to buy something from you. They just want to get to know you a bit more. So make sure your website also has everything that your prospective clients need without getting in the way of the stuff it needs for your clients. So for me, the list of website basics that you need to have. And we've covered this before in programs and courses that I've done, but I want to kind of quickly whiz through this for you now to make sure, kind of like a little checklist. So if you have a website yourself now, which you absolutely should, then listen to these points and kind of mentally check these off or even go and even better, go and look at your own website and see, does your website meet these criteria? Because if it doesn't, it can absolutely be working harder for you very easily. And if you don't have a website, then A, I highly, highly recommend you go and get one. And when you get one, make sure it does all of these things. So here are the website basics as I see them. First of all, um, it needs to have a fast load time. Now, what this means is when you, and I think this is best tested from a mobile device because Everybody these days looks at websites on their mobile device. Yes, there are a few people who sit at a computer often through the day and they can look at things on there. But the vast majority of people who you want as clients are going to be looking at your website on a mobile device. Plus, a mobile device, by its very nature, yes, it can connect over Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. But by its very nature, when people are out and about and therefore likely to be browsing things, and again, think of your ideal client here. So if your ideal client is a mum of kids who might find themselves, you know, 
taking their kids to football practice or gymnastics or picking them up from school. They're going to have these little pockets of time where they're possibly sat in a car, not with the best reception in the world, and they're going to be on their phone looking at social media and potentially finding your website. So you want to make sure the load time, i.e. how quickly your website loads, is as fast as possible on a mobile device. So test it on there. Now, the easiest ways to fix this if yours is slow, and if you're not sure if it's slow or not, a couple of tools you can go and use. Um, I think Google has a website speed test. Um, just Google it. Uh, another one is the Pendum Speed tool, and another one is GT Metrics. Now, those two are particularly useful because they'll actually assess your website, give you a score as to how fast or slow it is. But they'll both, I believe, also make suggestions as to how to improve it. Now, to save you a bunch of time, the biggest causes of a slow load time on a website is using a, first of all, using a free website host. They're not obviously going to give you the performance of a paid one. So it's going to be slow. Now, the paid ones are not expensive. I highly recommend moving on to some sort of paid hosting plan because, again, then it's yours. You own it. You have access to it. You've got a lot more flexibility. You've got a lot more tools at your disposal as well. Um, another one is using free website software. So if you built your software using a free software tool often given to you by whoever you decided to buy your domain from, that's probably not going to be the most efficient you know, delivery mechanism for your website either. So that's probably going to pull it back. But Probably the biggest one that I see uh, is ginormous images on your website. Now, this is going to get a tiny bit technical for a second, but please bear with me. Um, so one thing that we've got access to more than ever is all of these different photo, stock photo, photo sharing kind of websites. Um, these incredible images taken by amazing, talented photographers that mean we can use these wonderful looking images without having to have them created ourselves. So we can get them at a fraction of the cost, which is on the one hand, brilliant. On another hand, it means you see the same images popping up everywhere, but that's a discussion for another day. But when you actually download these images from these either free or paid sites, they're at a very, very, very high resolution because they were taken with a very, very good camera. So when you download them to your computer, they are usually enormous in terms of file size, often 20, 30 megabytes in terms of size because they want to look really high quality because sometimes you might want to blow them up into a giant picture um, for a poster to then put them on a wall or something like that. So they need to be really, really high quality. But for a website, they do not need to be anywhere near as high a quality. So what you can do when you download these from your website, first of all, look at the file size, which you should be able to see just by clicking on it. If you're on a Mac, click on the image and go to uh, click on it and go to get info. And if you're on a, a Windows PC, click on it and go to I think it's properties and that will tell you the size of the image. Now, images you use on your website should be no more than about 300 kilobytes. That's about a third of a megabyte. Sorry, getting a tiny bit technical here. But basically, not very big at all. Because first of all, it doesn't need to be a big image, because let's face it, most people are going to be looking at it on their mobile phone. And another thing that contributes to it being large is its resolution. Now, its resolution is basically how many dots per inch. So imagine an inch, how many dots fit into that inch. Don't need to go any more complicated than that. But generally, the number of dots per inch that you need for a web image is 72. And the number of dots per inch you need for a high quality print is 300. Now, most images that you get from these uh, sites 
are 300 dpi or dots per inch at a very high, um, uh, very large image size as well. So you can often take a very large image and squash it down to just the right size for your website simply by making it a bit smaller and reducing the uh, the resolution of the image. Now you can do that on, I believe it's Windows, image, picture, something or other. Have a look at it on your computer. If you're on a Mac, you can just do it by using the Mac preview image thingy. Um, you just go to the menu, go to tools and adjust size and you just do it in there. Or if you want to use a tool, I think you can do it in Canva. You can definitely do it in Canva. And I think there's something called PicMonkey as well, which you can upload them to and, and change as well. But basically, don't use massive images on your website. They take really long to load. They are probably going to be the number one reason for your website being slow. Next thing is people not being sure that they're in the right place. So people have come to your website because they've heard about you from some other source. Uh, maybe they've seen an advert. Maybe they've seen your social media. And they arrive at your website and suddenly it doesn't look anything like their existing experience of your business. So maybe they've been to your social media and there's a whole bunch of uh, colors on there and fonts and you know the whole branding on there looks one way and they come to your website and it looks entirely different. They think they've come to the wrong place. They're immediately going to leave and go somewhere else and probably never come back again. So your website needs to convey to your client, if they've come from somewhere else, that they're in the right place. So make sure your logo, your branding, your color scheme, your fonts are consistent across your attention-getting source, i.e. social or posters or anything like that, and your website. Because once they've arrived at your website, they first of all want to make sure it loads quickly. That's kind of the number one thing. If you fail that test, they're going, they're not coming back again. You have like seconds to satisfy people in terms of that particular criteria. But then they want to know they're in the right place. So this all happens in someone's brain in seconds. Okay, you don't even do it consciously. But if you ever think about this, you've done it yourself. You've gone to a website, you've been frustrated that it didn't load quickly. So you disappeared off. You probably went to the next option in your Google search to see if that was any better. Okay. But then the next thing, if it loaded quickly, you just want to feel like you're in the right place. So you've satisfied that. You've got your branding okay. Then the next thing you move on to is, and I've mentioned this slightly already, is not being mobile focused. Okay. Used to get uh, a lot of advice a few years ago that you needed to mobile optimize your website, which used to mean, you know, make sure it worked on both desktop and mobile. Nowadays, pretty much forget desktop. Most people are viewing your website on their mobile device. So make sure it is built for mobile. Silly little things like, you know, don't have pop-ups that appear on your website that cover the entire page that mean they can't get rid of the pop-up and find your page. Nothing drives me more insane than a pop-up appearing on a website that I can't get rid of. I'm literally gone. In fact, it annoys me even more because I can't get rid of the thing to, to then go somewhere else. I end up having to close down the, the, the browser app and open it again and all that drives me insane. Um, but then also make sure your buttons are big enough for people to press on with their fingers. Make sure that uh, links aren't too close together so they click on the wrong one by accident. Little things like that are things that you want to satisfy people to make sure they feel comfortable on your website because all these little tiny kind of chunks of trust that you want to build up to make sure you get someone from interested to booked in as a client as quickly as possible. Now, the next thing, difficult to navigate. Okay, your website doesn't need to have a million pages. It doesn't need to have loads of different sections and lots of different areas to go to. I think actually you need about seven, seven to eight pages on your website in total. And key ones being five that are actually used 
usable all the time. You don't need loads and loads of pages. You need to make it as simple to navigate as possible because, again, go back to thinking about who it's for. Your existing clients want to find a few very specific bits of information quickly. And your prospective clients, they just need to be taken on a little journey that we'll talk about in a second. Um, They need to be taken on this little journey through your website. They only need a bit more information to feel comfortable, but they need it in a certain order and they need to find it and access it very, very quickly. And the next thing is you need to use keywords. Okay, you need to use keywords on your website so that things like Google know what you're about and people, again, know they're in the right place. But you need to use keywords as if you're writing for your ideal clients. So again, years ago, there used to be the practice of just kind of, they used to call it keyword stuffing. And basically you'd figure out all your keywords, what you wanted to sort of rank for on social media, sorry, on Google. And you will just make sure they were repeated as many times on your website as possible. Now, search engines have got a lot smarter than that now. So you can't do that anymore. In fact, they will rank you down the list for obvious what they call keyword stuffing, which is just repeating the same keywords over and over again. So for example, if you in your business are in um, uh, Manchester and you do massage, the trick previously would be to just say the words Manchester and massage as many times as physically possible in the website. Now that's going to get you marked down because it's going to be obviously keyword stuffing. So what you want to do is you want to say those words, you want to make sure you've got all your keywords in your website as many times as seems appropriate, but you want to write all your copy for human beings so it connects with them. So you're writing for humans first and the sort of web robots second because they are smart enough, they'll figure things out for themselves. Now, if you're not sure what I'm talking about when I say keywords, um, keywords always used to be something that kind of a little bit got me stuck um, when I come to think about them. Best thing to do about keywords is, and keywords basically, keywords are the things that Google uses to figure out what it is that you do, what it is that your website is actually about. So the keywords really need to be those things that you think your potential clients would type into a Google search to find you. So these need to be the types of treatment that you do, the area that you're in, um, maybe your name if they're searching for you, anything notable about your business, any areas nearby that you want to uh, be ranked for, any particular tourist sites that's nearby, anything that you could think that someone, a potential client of yours that would put into a search engine to find you or that you'd want to end up on a search for, make sure that's on your list of keywords. And that is mentioned in your, both your copy on your pages. And if it's important enough in the titles of your pages as well. All this does is it helps Google index your page, but don't overuse them because Google will recognize that as well. Ooh, would you look at the time? Editor Adam here, and there's lots more to come in this episode, but the episode is getting a little bit long already. And I don't want you to miss the next bit of advice, which is equally, if not more important than the foundational stuff that we've covered already. Because the next bit is how you actually get your client to take the action that you want them to take on your website, be that to sign up to your mailing list, be that to buy the product or book the treatment, or even just follow you. So we're going to be splitting this episode in two. We're going to give you a chance to go away and check your website for the bits we've covered already, the essential kind of foundational bits, so that you can come back fresh to check the next bits. And we're not going to make you wait a week or two weeks for the next episode. We're going to put it out in the next couple of days. So if you don't want to miss that episode, make sure that you are following or subscribed to the podcast. Now, this is going to be different on different podcast apps. Uh, I'm most familiar with the podcast app on Apple, which I believe if you go to our podcast, there should be three buttons in the top corner of your page. 
click on that and then you click follow this podcast or something along those lines. And what that will do is that will let you know when the next episode and any future episodes come out so you don't miss out. Okay, I will see you again in the next couple of days. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.